In this podcast, I will be sharing stories of trials and miracles, trusting and faith, learning and listening, disappointment, strength, fear, and joy. I am Lara Belk, founder and president of Nurturing Nations. This is my journey as a wife and a mother of nine children and why I started a charity in Ghana, Africa, and what I have learned along the way. I am so glad you are here. Thanks for listening. Our youngest daughter we adopted from Ghana, Africa. She is the youngest of nine children, and she is the first girl with Down syndrome to be adopted from Ghana. We learned with each trip over to Ghana a little bit more about the beliefs towards children that have special needs or children that differ in any way. This was very upsetting news um, to learn because our daughter was told that her birth father was told that she was really a snake, a snake in human form. And what they do is the priest or the priestess of the traditional religion, take children, burn a snake, make cuts in the child, put the ash of the snake in the cuts, and then they take the child out into the forest and they leave them to turn back into a snake. But we know that these children aren't turning into snakes, that they are dying horrific deaths. Our daughter survived miraculously. And we learned that this wasn't just an isolated incident with our daughter, but that this was rampant with children that differ in any way. We learned that children have been killed because they were too tall, because they were too inquisitive, because their skin color was too light or too dark or whatever the reason was. That many children were being given a poison and left to die. If you don't believe what I'm telling you, as many people don't, because we don't want to believe this, You can do a search on spirit children in Ghana and you will see how horrible the situation is and that we have to do something about it. This isn't okay. Our daughter, when she was taken to the priestess by her birth father, she looked into her eyes and she would not remove her gaze. And she was spared. The priestess said that she wasn't able to take care of this child. And she called her birth mother and she told her that her husband had brought this child to her, but she was not able to do what he wanted her to do because she felt that she had something to do. We know that what our daughter has to do is to advocate that every life has value and that we need to do something to change the wicked beliefs that are happening in Ghana. Something needs to be done. And that was our thought when we first went to Ghana and we first visited the orphanages. Our thought was to take shoes and clothing and things for the children to be able to relieve some of their suffering. 
And we did that. And each trip, we would take something different. And we learned a little bit more. And we learned about what the needs were and how much these sweet children were suffering. And so we realized that we couldn't just walk away and take our daughter home and leave the other children to these wicked ways. So we first started in in contacting other charities that were already in Ghana. And we thought, well, we will partner with them. There's lots of people that are doing good things in Ghana. And and we felt that something needed to be done. So we started to look into other charities and we started to question and we started to um, verify that what we were being told was true and that children, innocent children were being killed. And as we looked into other charities and we started to see what we could do, we didn't feel comfortable in the way that funds were being used that there was a large portion of the funds that were being donated to help a child were being given to the CEOs or to the organization or or used in ways that we didn't think were proper. We had one organization that we um, started to look into and we found that they wouldn't feed a child unless they joined their particular religious beliefs. And this was upsetting to me because every child, no matter what they believe, should be given food when they're hungry. And so the struggle was real in thinking, what do we do? How do we help? What what is the best avenue to be able to get help where it is needed? And I felt I wanted to start a charity where 100% of a person's donation will be used where they want it to be used. And I had so many people, and I still have so many people that tell me you can't run a charity that way. Well, I am running a charity that way because I feel that this is the right thing to do. This is a humanitarian effort to save lives. This isn't a business. This isn't a way for me to make money. I don't get a penny, not a penny. Because I feel that there needs to be a way for people to be able to donate to help children in need that really does what they want it to do. So we have our charity set up where we have some donors that donate specifically for um, running the charity. So to be able to buy the computer programming that runs our donation software to be able to um, give the teachers at the school a salary, to be able to do all the administrative things that a charity like this requires so that when someone makes a donation and they want this to go towards food or clothing or sponsorship or construction, whatever they want that to be used for, that every penny will be used for that. And I can guarantee that that money is going where it is designated to, and that these children are being saved. Hundreds of children are alive today because of our efforts that otherwise wouldn't be. And so I ask you to please, please join with us and know that every penny is being used 
to save lives. I don't get a penny. My husband doesn't get a penny. We put our own money into this as much as we can, but we can't do this alone. The need is great, and we need to stop this evil practice of children being killed. Every life has value. Every life has value. Please join with us. Please believe me that I am doing everything I can to make sure that every donation is used to lift the hands that hang down and to help these children and to stop this evil practice from happening. If we work together, we can change the world. We can make a difference. I want to share the experience of a little girl named Asibi. She also has Down syndrome and her birth mother, believing the traditional um, religion in her area, was going to take her daughter with Down syndrome to be taken care of or to be killed. And her mother said, I have, I've heard of this organization that I think will take her. Let's try that first. So they brought little Asibi to the Nurturing Nations campus and we were able to not just rescue Asibi from being killed, but to educate her family that Asibi's life is of value and that they should raise her as their other children and take care of her as their other children and that she would bless their life. They have worked with us in trying to overcome the prejudices towards their daughter and they she's living at home she's in the sponsorship program she's going to school she's thriving she is doing so well and this is where a child should be a child should be with their family if possible that's our first goal is to stabilize families and to educate them that these children are a value, that they are not a curse, that they are not evil, that they have a place in their family, and that if they will care for them, they will be blessed and they will be grateful for the opportunity that they have to have these precious children in their family. I can't tell you how much joy it brings to me to see these sweet children that would have been killed, that are alive, and that are thriving and that are overcoming the very difficult, difficult situations that they have been born into. The first time that I met a CB, we had traveled to Ghana to check on on how things were going there and to visit the children and to, to make plans for the future. And we were there and we were doing some filming for a virtual reality um, a piece that we did. And... If you want to watch that, it's it's on YouTube. And we were doing filming for that. And this was, this was the first time I had met a CB. And I had seen many pictures of a CB. And I had, we had followed her and, and how she was doing and how her family was was taking care of her. And, and the first time I saw a CB was in the front of the, of the school. And and we were doing some filming and Asibi saw me and she immediately started running towards me with her arms outstretched. She had never met me before. She'd never seen a picture of me. 
but she ran to me with joy in her face. And my heart was filled with joy that this little girl's life was saved. And I swept her up into my arms and we twirled around and we laughed and we hugged and our spirits connected. Children can be saved like a CB, like our daughter, if we work together to educate and to train and to stabilize families. And we can do this if we all work together. I can't do this alone. I have to have your help. And so I ask you, please, if you can, join with me. And let's stop this evil practice of children being killed and left in the forest to die. We can stop this. We can save lives if we work together. I need you. I need you to believe in me. And I need you to believe in these children that their life is of value. To find the virtual reality video on YouTube, search Nurturing Nations Virtual Reality Video or Nurturing Nations School and Safe House. Be sure to use your mouse to move the screen for a 360 degree view to take in the full experience. Thank you so much for listening to the Nurturing Nations podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, please go to iTunes, subscribe, leave a review, and spread the word so others can easily join with us. If you want to learn more about Nurturing Nations, visit our website at nurturingnations.org. I humbly invite you to make a donation and join our life-saving team.